Okay, it's time to delve a little bit deeper into the Port Adelaide Football Club. I'm Cal Toomey. I'm joined by Riley Beveridge. Hello, Riles. Okay, Cal. Now, Port Adelaide, interesting case. Ken Hinckley says they're coming. Watch out. What's your take on the Port Adelaide Footy Club and its fortunes potentially in 2020? I'm bullish about Port Adelaide. Um, I think you can go either way with them because their list is in a little bit of a state of flux at the moment. But I like the energy that their three first-round picks brought them last year. Uh, I like the energy that Mitch Georgiatis, one of their two first-rounders, brought them this year. I think those kids are good enough to really provide a spark for Port Adelaide to to push for the finals and potentially go deep into the finals as well. Um, their round one performance was, was really impressive. I know they only played Gold Coast, but uh, there was a bit of hype around the Suns, given what they managed to do, uh, both across preseason over the summer during last year's trade period. And and they really just put them in their place and, and made it a bit of a statement that, no, we're still the big boys here. We'll, we'll still punish you uh, when you make mistakes. And I was really impressed by that. Um, I mean, their experienced players, Travis Boak, Tom Rockliffe, they were really good early and, and really set the tone for them. And I think if those experienced boys can can stand up and deliver consistently week in, week out, then the younger kids that I mentioned before, the five first-round draft picks they've had over the last couple of years, they'll follow suit. And I think that brings a really good compliment to their list uh, and a really sort of good uh, platform for Ken Hinckley to build on in 2020. You mentioned uh, five first-round picks and, and they've all brought something to the group, haven't they? Um, and we haven't seen Miles Bergman yet. Last year, they also picked up Dylan Williams at pick 23 and uh, Jackson Mead at pick 25. So it's, it's seven in 25 in the top 25 over two years. So it's really given them a strong platform to build from that. You mentioned the list being in a state of flux and I, I sort of agree because a couple of years ago, it was like they brought in these guys from other clubs, you know, the Jack Watts and the Tom Rockliffe era, Stephen Motlop couple of others as well who haven't had as much game time at senior level and you wondered which way they were going to go. It seems like they've deviated from that a little bit. Yeah, they have. I think their their recruiting strategy over the last couple of years almost has a, a more firm ground to it. I think I think it's a more clear direction, a more clear strategy now that they're going to invest in these young kids. As you mentioned then with, with Mead and Williams, it's, it is seven top 25 picks over the last two years. And then when you add to that, someone they got a couple of years ago, like a Todd Marshall, who's an early pick that started to show really good glimpses over the last couple of years. But then in that round one game against Gold Coast, I really noticed that he was just flying for everything in the air. Uh, it looked like he was really, uh, especially with Charlie Dixon was a laid out for that game, looked like he really wanted to assert, to assert himself in that forward line. So um, when you add him into the mix as well, those young kids that they've got are going to be the core of their next side that's going to play finals. I mean, Rosie Butters and Dersma, we saw what we got from them last year. They're all electric players who will add really attacking verve to that side. Um, and we know their defensive their defensive stocks are strong with Tom Clurry and, uh, and Tom Jonas as well. So, look, I, I think they've got a really even mix now. I mean, I think they, they might have wavered from their strategies in terms of their list build a couple of years ago when you when they got those three players that you mentioned in, in Motlop, Motlop, Rockcliffe and and, uh, and Jack Watts might have deviated a, lit from a, a little bit from a clear strategy. I think they might have maybe assessed their list as in a wrong place and thought they could have taken the next step almost instantly by getting those three players into the club. I think now they've, they've got a really good plan, a really clear plan. Uh, Ken Hinckley... You mentioned it off the top. It's going to be a really interesting situation to see what happens with his contract and whether or not he's the man that's going to be see this see this strategy through or whether or not they'll go in a different direction this year. I like Ken. I like what he's brought to the club. So hopefully they stick fat with him and hopefully those players that we mentioned can, can do enough this year to make finals, to trigger that clause in his contract and to get him another year on his contract. You mentioned the, the trigger clause in that contract and it's going to be a massive talking point when we do resume footy, hopefully in the second half of the year. But 
is it finals or bust? Do you think that's actually the case? Can he remain coach at Port Adelaide if they don't make the finals but show promise in a number of areas or, you know, bring in these kids and, and make an impact like that? Because they haven't actually won a final since 2014. Mm-hmm. And we we remembered that great run they had through that year. They just lost the preliminary final to Hawthorne that year by three points. It was one of the great finals we've seen of the past decade. They won a couple against Richmond and Fremantle to get into that position. But since then, have suffered one elimination final loss, and it was against the Eagles a couple of years ago with that goal after the siren. Can he, can he be coached without a finals, um, you know, reaching the finals this year? I think he could have been in any other situation apart from the one that he might have put himself in, which is that <laughs> he comes out publicly and says it's finals or bust for me. Um, I think if you've got a, if you've got a Ken Hinckley type situation at another club, I mean, you only have to look with Richmond and Damien Hardwick, and when everyone thought it'd be over for him that last year before they go on that incredible run in 2017. Uh, similar situation with Nathan Buckley when they go in that incredible run in 2018. I mean, you've seen coaches come back from this position before, but maybe it's the Koshy effect in that um, that he might have felt a bit of pressure to, to put that sort of that tagline that's finals or bust on himself because Koshy's been so outspoken in his thoughts on this situation. I don't know, but I think it's going to lead to another really interesting dynamic within Port Adelaide this year. We spoke about how many young players they've got and the energy that they can bring to a side. Alternatively, though, and on the flip side of that, there's going to be increased pressure and speculation around Port Adelaide all year simply because of the fact that everyone's going to keep trotting out this finals or bust line. And experienced sides that have gone, made finals, won finals before, maybe they can handle that pressure a little differently to sides that have got seven top 25 picks over the last two years that haven't played finals before, that are still in the first two or three years of their career, whether or not they'll be able to deal with the constant speculation. We know what the the media sort of bubble is like and the footy bubble is like in South Australia, whether or not they'll be able to deal with that the same way a more experienced side that's been there and done it would be able to deal with it. That's another interesting dynamic that I'm keen to see play out throughout the year. Who are you most excited by, mate? Who's the player that when you watch Port Adelaide at the moment, you think... You know, there's something big coming with you. Uh, it's hard to go past Connor Rosie. I mean, just the the incredible ability that he's got forward of centre to just create, to make things happen. He's, he's classy, he's composed. Um, he's just one of those players that I really love to watch. And I mean, they, they lose Chad Wingard to, to Port Adelaide and I'm hesitant to sort of compare him, but he's playing that similar role where he's going through the midfield a little bit. Uh, he's, he's playing forward and when he's playing forward, he's kicking goals. Um, and, and he's creating things for other players as well. I mean, he's got A-grade quality written all over him, and and I think that he's one that, I mean, in his draft year, there's every chance he on another another year with another team picking at pick one, he could have gone pick one in that year. He was that good. He was that well-liked by uh, recruiters across the competition as well. So he's one that I watch and just think, geez, Matt, this is going to be a star. He's got multiple Australians written all over him. Hopefully, if, he's, if his career pans out in the, in the progression that it is at the moment, I think he could be a, a real A-grade player for Port Adelaide. All right, two more before we finish up. First one on Ollie Wines. Mm. Uh, he's someone who is fascinating to me. It was a poor year for him last year. We know the injury setback in the preseason. This preseason, there was a different setback. He, he loses the co-captaincy. Um, there was definitely inquiries made to and from around him last year from Victorian clubs. Uh, where does it sit with him? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. He's, he's contracted, obviously, but the big talk last year was around whether or not Port Adelaide was shopping him around. I mean, and that's you wouldn't have that'd be unheard of two or three years ago, given the form and the importance that he had to that side. Obviously, as he said, he, he loses the co-captaincy. 
um, at, at Port and whether or not that sort of pricks the ears of a club like Carlton or Essendon who do need another inside midfielder to add to their ranks. I don't know. And I'm sure they'll be monitoring that situation throughout the season. I think, look, there's very few positives that could have come from this shutdown period that the game's currently going through due to the coronavirus outbreak. But I think one of them that Ollie Wines might find just to reinvigorate his footy is the fact that he might just get a, a bit of a fresh start and a bit of time to rejuvenate the body, the mind. He obviously had that shoulder injury, so he's going to miss the first month of the season anyway. Um, ho- hopefully he can he can come back with a clear head and sort of have a, a positive outlook on both where he's going to play his best footy and whether or not that's going to be at Port Adelaide. And hopefully his body is in the position where he can return to that form that we saw him play through for, for three or four years, a really consistent stretch of footy at Port Adelaide. Hopefully when the season, if and when, hopefully it does commence, recommence soon, that Ollie Wines is an integral member of that Port Adelaide side. Well, he signed till the end of 2022. So obviously there is a hold on him there, but we know that contracts, particularly in the current environment, may not mean as much as they did in mm. previous years. And Essendon's a club that has had a dip in him in previous years too. Yep. So they should be watching that one pretty closely because if he can get back to full fitness, he is the missing piece for what they need in their midfield too. Um, And who knows, they might have some money in the cap, particularly if Joe Danaher departs. Last one, just on that front too, uh, an uncontracted player for this year is Sam Pal Pepper. And he was linked a few places last year. In the end, didn't get uh, moved. But tell us about him. Another interesting sort of case in the sense that he burst onto the scene, he became an instant fan favourite with the with the Port Adelaide faithful simply because of the way he attacks his footy. He's he's a hard, contested player that that goes after the ball and, and doesn't shirk a contest. And I think fans gravitate to those sort of players, especially when they they deliver that in their first season in the competition. He's sort of I wouldn't say fallen out of favour because he still played most games he was available for last year. But there was a couple of interesting cases where he was left out of Port Adelaide's side. I think it it, uh, it made a couple of other clubs across the competition sort of sit up and think, oh, is, is he someone that's gettable that we can add to our ranks? Uh, you mentioned Essendon uh, in the Ollie Wines conversation. I think Sam Pepper is a player that might interest them as well, just in the sense that they need that that inside ball that can that can win the ball in the middle, that can win the contested stuff. Uh, obviously, he's a West Australian born, so whether or not a Fremantle, I don't think he'd, he'd get too much interest from West Coast at the moment just because of how stacked... Uh, West Coast's midfield is, particularly after they added Tim Kelly. But whether or not Fremantle looks at a Pal Pepper and thinks, geez, he'd look good next to Nat Fife. Obviously, we lost Lockie Neal a couple of years ago. Could could we make a move for him for him at the end of the season? He's uncontracted beyond 2020. So uh, it'll be a really interesting situation to see where Sam, Pe- Sam Pal Pepper finds his best footy at the end of the year, whether he wants to go home, whether or not he wants a, a fresh start at a new club, or whether or not he sees his future at, at the power and he thinks those those names that we've mentioned heaps of times in this show, like the Rosies, the Dersmers and the Butters. And he, he looks at them and thinks, actually, no, we've got a strong young strong young core here at Port Adelaide. I want to commit and commit my future to this club and, and be an integral part of this team. The other one as well. I mean, I know this is a Port Adelaide podcast, but the Bombers have heard a couple of mentions. They'll be keeping a pretty close eye on Horacio Fantasia too, having, be. uh, having discussed him at length last year. And he's a year closer to being out of contract and, yeah, that's just one to follow there, particularly if he gets up and going. Hey, Rolls, that's a, a very impressive wrap there of Port Adelaide in the shutdown period. Keep clicking back to afl.com.au for all the latest. <laughs>